Good morning, Westside. Wow, this is um, a great morning. I haven't preached since before my surgery, which if some of you don't know, I got half a thyroid taken out. So what happens is sometimes your voice fades. So if my voice fades, Louis will be taking over, okay? Just, he's, I'm just warning him now so he can be prepared. To, <laughs> he hasn't read my message or anything, but never mind. And uh, anyway, <laughs> I mean, I've been speaking the name of Jesus over it, so it should be fine. Okay, so we're going to get it in order this morning. We live not in abundance, we live just getting by, we live without fulfillment, and we live struggling. Why? <laughs> well, to this morning, this is what I'm going to answer your question, wondering why things aren't the way they should be in our lives. So I'm going to be actually preaching from Haggai 1, which is the um, scripture we're using for our miracle offering next weekend. And in Haggai 1, at this time in Haggai, he's a prophet, he's a minor prophet, he's only got two chapters, and, uh, but these chapters are packed with things that we can learn uh, from God. And at that time, what had happened is the um, Jewish remnant... Of, um, in Jerusalem were sent back by King Darius in Persia to rebuild the temple. Actually, this was a bit after that time, but what had happened, they were sent back to rebuild the temple. And um, Zerubbabel was there and a f- few other guys were there. And, and um, what had happened, they built the foundation. They got the foundations made. And then they had a great party and they were so excited. We got our foundations done. The uh, neighbouring guys started discouraging them. People started, you know, threatening them, discouraging them. The enemy really did this. The enemy started discouraging them from going forward. So what happened, they gave up. And they just, um, what happened was they actually just got lazy because after a while, it was like about 14 years later, God in Haggai 1 gave them this word and it was a word for them to get back on track, to get back in in the plan of God and what he had for them. And so I'm going to read the whole of Haggai 1, (laughs) which I can't preach this message without reading it all because it's such a good um, passage and it's got so much in it that I want to talk about. So from Haggai 1, verse 1, this is where it comes. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. This is what they've been saying. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while the house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. 
Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because, my ha- because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine, the olive oil and everything else the ground produces, on the people, livestock and on all the labour of your hands. So then, Zerubbabel, Joshua, I'm not going to say it all, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of their Lord, the voice of the Lord, and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave you gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty in the 24th day of the sixth month. So what was happening here? God had to speak to these guys because they'd stopped in their tracks. What are you doing? What are you doing? You've neglected the plan of God for your life, which was to build the house. You've neglected this thing. And now... Haggai comes in with this word and he said, rebuild again because you're finding that, you know, your crops aren't growing, you're kind of struggling, you've got great houses but you're not really being fulfilled. You know, your life isn't the way you thought it would be but you have lovely houses. I looked up the panelled houses and back then days they had these wooden, beautiful panelled oak like house um, roofs and things, and it stood for royalty. So they were all living really well, but they weren't fulfilled with it. It wasn't going well with them. But I want to go back to verse 5 and 7. The Lord is saying here, give careful thought to your ways. Why is he saying this? Give careful thought to your ways. He, he wants them to consider what is actually happening in their lives, to consider and think about the, um, you know, what is actually happening here. You're living like this and things aren't really going well, but um, and it's because of why. Because of why, people. Look. <laughs> because they weren't doing what God had for them. They weren't living God's best. But he says, this is like a little sandwich Be careful thought to your ways. And then he says it again um, in in the next book, and sorry, the next chapter. He says, give careful thought to your ways again. And so he really wants us to be mindful of our ways, but he doesn't want us to think what's best from our own mind. He wants to get his thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, 
and my thoughts than your thoughts. So they had to find out what God was thinking. And it's funny because they were told what to do. We all know what to do. We've been told, but we have to be reminded, don't we? Sometimes we forget what God has said to us and what he's saying for us to do. And then years down the track, we find ourselves struggling or in a muddle or what the heck's happened. And we're going to think, what have we done? What is it that I've forgotten? And usually it's what God first said, build my house. He said to them, build his house. This is what he said to them. And they weren't doing it. So things weren't going great. So when God says, give careful thought to your ways, there's something not right. And in their case, their priorities. Priorities is my next um, point. If it's a priority, you'll find a way. If it isn't, you'll find an excuse. They were finding excuses. They thought, oh, it's not time to um, fix God's house yet. Why would it be time to do that? Well, it was, and, um, but they were just making excuses. You know, God wants us to get our priorities right so we can have a blessed life, so that his will and purpose can be produced through us and through the church to extend his kingdom on this earth. We can't just live for ourselves. If we live for ourselves, what gets done? Nothing. And um, people aren't saved. You know, people come into the house of God and people aren't here. People, you know, people don't put the house of God first and people miss out, you know. And uh, God is all about people and he's all about building and he's all about building the house. He's about building us as people. He's about building into our lives the good things of God. And when we get on track, he brings around the blessing. You know, our goals determine our priorities. You know, if one of your goals is to be a teacher, what would you do? Okay, this is your goal. And your priorities would be, right, I've got to go to uni, I've got to study, I've got to do my best, and I've got to um, pass my exams. So then, finally, hopefully get a job as a teacher, and that would be your priority. And this is, God gives them priorities. Verse 8, it says, Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured. These were the goals, to take pleasure and to be honoured. God wanted to take pleasure in his people and pleasure in his house. He wanted to be honoured in his house and honoured in his people. It tells us two things, that he wasn't being, um, he wasn't pleased, he wasn't taking pleasure because there was nothing to take pleasure in because all that there was was foundations that had been going to ruin. He wanted to be honoured, but he wasn't honoured because he wasn't being put first and they weren't making him a priority in their life so that because of that, the house of God wasn't being built. So he wasn't being honoured. So everyone around would have known, oh, they, they must have just uh, forgotten about their God because they, they've stopped building. So why would the enemy even bother with them? You know, um, we get attacked when we're doing things that are right. 
the enemy will always discourage us to stop giving, to stop building, to stop um, building into our own lives. Like, you know, I'm thinking the foundation, some of us, we get saved, we become Christians, we do the foundations class, we get baptised, and then we forget about what we've done. We stay at that foundation level and years later you're still dealing with the same issues you dealt with when you first got saved. God wants us to grow from strength to strength. He wants us to become the people of God so that he can be honoured. Because this is a house as well, not just this place, but this is, our, this is the house of God. And he wants to be built into it and honoured so that he can take pleasure in it. And that is our goal. We need to, our goals are to um, please God and to honour him. That should be our goal as Christians. Um, there's a scripture and it says here, Proverbs 14, 12, that there's a way that seems right to a man, but it only leads to death. You know, there's so many things in this world that get our attention more than God, that always vie at our, at our mind and our heart, and we think, oh, no, I've got to do that instead. Oh, no, this is on. I've got to take my kids here. Oh, no, I've got to go to that thing where that person invited me. But, um, you know, it keeps vying your attention, keeps trying to pull you away from what should be first. You know, what should be first? And look, some things are good. Like, you know, um, there's a lot of things in this world, like getting debt-free, you know, getting a great education, um, you know, going to a birthday party. It's, it could be a priority that day. But things. the thing is, if we put all these things first before God, they will come to nothing. They will mean nothing. Because God wants to deposit things into our life that's eternal. And if we put God first and we put his house first, we put our growth in him first, we serve God first, I'll tell you what, everything else will be blessed. The birthday parties will be blessed, the, the workplace will be blessed, the home will be blessed, whatever you do in your life will be blessed. And God will have glory uh, and he will be honoured and he will take pleasure in your priorities and in your choices. So the Jews, they went through that challenging time and got off track. They lost the plan of God for their lives. And, and I think, you know, sometimes we can be like that. We can get not just at the foundation, but any time in our walk with God. We can lose track in our walk with God. We can lose the priorities and the goals and, and stop putting them first. And we can find ourselves thinking, what happened? What happened to that thing I thought was going to happen in my life because God had his hand on me? What happened? It's usually because we get tempted and we just sit on the sideline and start doing our own thing. And then God is just waking for us to wake up again and put him first again so he can start pouring in that blessing again into your life. So, obedience, point number three. 
what happened. Verse 12 says, Then Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the Lord. See, they weren't people that they... They weren't people that despised God or anything. There wasn't anything really like um, they didn't hate God. They, they just neglected him. And, and once they got this word, all of a sudden, all of them, it wasn't just the pastors or just the leaders, it was the whole remnant of, of Jer- um, Jerusalem, 50,000 of them, probably more by them because they would have had kids and all that, and they all woke up and realised, oh my gosh, what have we been doing? We've got to obey God. This is why this has been happening in our lives, you know. And um, God wants us to obey. And why does he want us to obey? Because, you know, like the father, a father and a mother, they want the best for their children. And when a child disobeys, it doesn't bring pleasure, it doesn't bring honour, but also it doesn't bring around the, the blessing or it's like the, the, the plan that that parent had for that child. You know, it's like um, what they did here was, uh, like a child, sorry, they, um, you know how a child would say, like some children and our children have done this, you would say, oh, can you go and clear the um, table or go and clean up that mess over there? Then they come back to you and says, oh, I've done you this picture. You're like, why? (laughs) Do we take pleasure in that? No. Great picture. And you've got to think, do I be encouraging about this or not? (laughs) I don't know. You didn't do what I wanted you to do, kid. (laughs) That would take... Um, It will give me pleasure if you did what I asked, not what you think would please me. What is it saying to Samuel? To obey is better than sacrifice. We think we're sacrificing all these things for God sometimes, but he's just saying, just obey my word, please, (laughs) like a father would. Just do as you're told and I will be pleased with you. Oh, great picture. Yeah, great. You know? (laughs) It's so annoying. (laughs) It's a bit like a boss and the worker, you know, like a boss would say, you know, why don't you go and fill up those cartons with 25 of this and that? And and the person comes back and says, oh, well, I cleaned up the fridge and all that over there. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, it just doesn't make sense, does it? God is a bit like that. It's a bit like that. In, in church life even, like, uh, can you just go and um, do this and that? And they don't, and you're like, what the heck? Anyway, <laughs> we won't go there. Most people do everything we, we ask that we need done. It's awesome. But, um, you know, the parent or the carer, the boss or the leader wants to take pleasure in what they're doing. And, and, and the person or the child needs to obey or else there's no pleasure, there's no honour, there's no building of what the actually actual grand plan is. You know, we have a grand plan and the boss has a grand plan. You know, the parents have a grand plan for a child and 
when the child doesn't obey the boss or the, the person, you know, they're not working towards that grand plan. And uh, God had a grand plan here and he wanted to build his house so that he would be honoured. He wouldn't be just honoured in Jerusalem, but he would be honoured all around the world. They were meant to be a light to the nations so that many would come and they and one day there will be another Jerus- um, Jerusalem will be set up with God and many will come. But not right now, not right now. Okay, so what happened when they obeyed God? Verse 1, 14, it says, So the Lord stirred up the spirit of them all. <laughs> I'll cut it short. He stirred them up. He gave them enthusiasm again. You know, he stirred them up and they, as they obeyed him. So as you obey God, as you take that step of faith and you obey God, he stirs you up. He gives you enthusiasm to serve him again, enthusiasm to do the things that he's called you to do again. He gave them strength. In um, Haggai chapter 2, verse 4, it says, But now be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, be strong to all the people. He gave them strength to do that which they are called to do. 2.5, the Holy Spirit. This is what I covenanted with you um, when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. He, his spirit was poured out. His spirit was there. They were not to fear. He gave the resources. Um, chapter 2, verse 8 in Haggai, this is. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. He told them to get wood. All they had to do was get wood. And God was going to provide the silver and the gold far out. If we just go and get the wood, he's going to give us the silver and the gold to do that which he's planned. Blessing came in verse 219, chapter 219. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Unto now the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit, but from this day on I will bless you. See, as you get back into the purposes of God, back into putting God first, he's going to bless you. He's going to pour out his spirit. He's going to enable you. He's going to resource you. He will equip you. He'll fill you with his spirit and you will be fine. And you will not wonder what is happening in my life anymore. But obedience, what does obedience take? It takes humility. We have to realise, oh my gosh, what have I not been doing? (laughs) Um, Maybe I need to make a correction in my life. Sometimes we need to repent because we're way off track. And um, God, I just repent for what I've been doing and not putting you first. You know, he loves that. He loves that contrite humility. And it can be in any areas in our lives. You know, I, I know that we all struggle in areas and we always have to get back on track. It's, it's just normal because we are human as well. And that's why God always corrects us with his word. Um, so as we humble ourselves and correct our ways, God empowers us and he'll provide everything that we need so that we can do the will of the Father and we can do what he needs. So do not fear, he says, because I tell you, so many times we fear. We think, oh, if I do 
spend extra time here, or if I do give a little bit more there, or if God has, you know, called me to say something here, or to lead a Bible study, or open up my home, or do something, or say something to that person at work about you. You know, it's like um, we get some fear, but God is saying, don't fear. Step out and see what I can do. See how I can change your life. God will change our lives as we step out and obey him. So number four is, again, give careful thought to your ways. It's the sandwich or the bookend. After all that, after them even obeying, he says in Haggai 2, 15 to 17, now give careful thought to this from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to heap to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck the work of your hands with blight, mildew, hail, yet you did not return to me, says the Lord declares the Lord. From this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. And I think what's happening is here, even after you do obey and things are going great and you realise, oh, I'm in the Lord's will now and I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing, I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm I'm having my quiet times every day. I'm spending time with the Lord. He says, give careful thought because it's so easy to lose it again. We can't get prideful about ourselves getting it right with God because that pride will take away the blessing again and we can find ourselves flat on our face again. We need to continually put him first every day, step by step, day by day, you know, taking it with one step at a time. Don't just think, oh, well, I've done it now. I've got it right. God's saying, be careful what you think about. Be careful of your ways because his ways are higher and your ways are not. And he wants us to live his ways. Amen? Amen. So maybe the band can come up. So what happened here in the Jewish, um, in their lives, in the Jewish life back then, when God's house wasn't a priority, it affected their whole life. It's funny, isn't it? It affected everything in their life. When God's house was put back as number one, it affected all their life again. They were filled with the Spirit. They were stirred up. They were excited about God again. They were excited about life. And the blessing of God was there. You know, I think um, this COVID, I know I hate talking about COVID all the time, but you see, it was a couple, it's been a couple of years, and I know we got the miracle offering coming up. And it was a couple of years that we, we didn't give a special offering to the Lord. And I'll tell you what, in that time, me and Louie made ourselves a bit of a panelled house. <laughs> we did renovation. Yes, you did. <laughs> we did renovation on the kitchen, on the floors, on the blinds, the bathroom. Man, we, we really went out. We got 
we got a lot of things done at home and we sat in it and we loved it. And look, we still gave to the Lord, but I think, God, did we give enough? Because we were getting, um, I mean, we, we were really blessed. We, we were able to do things that we never had done before. And I think we just have to check in our own hearts sometimes. Are we giving God's best? Are we putting him first in our lives? You know, do, do we put him first? Why don't you stand? You know, God wants to be honoured in his house. He wants to be honoured in our lives and he wants to take pleasure in us. Not just because he wants it to go well with us personally, but also he wants it because he's got a bigger plan. He's got a bigger purpose. He wants us all to reach eternity. And he wants us all to reach eternity, not just us, but those around us. And when we put God first and when we can uh, talk about him in a way that he's part of our lives, other people see that and other people look at it and they think, wow, what's that all about? You know, we want to attract people to the kingdom of heaven, to, you know, to what he has for them and so they can start building. So it's not just about us. So this morning, I just want... If there's anyone here that, maybe just close your eyes. If there's anyone here that maybe this word spoke to, maybe there's an adjustment that you need to make in your life. There's just something small, maybe something big, maybe something that's obvious to you, where God hasn't been first, where God hasn't been put number one. You know, the Bible says, seek first his kingdom. And all these things shall be added unto you. Don't be fearful about putting God first. Only good can come from it. And if you have children and grandchildren and family and friends who don't know you, and you start putting God first, they might think you're a bit strange. They might think this or that. But you know, in the end, they know who's number one in your life. And it brings God glory and honour. And God will bring people. God will bring people to his kingdom through you. So why don't you lift up your hands this morning. If you want to make a rededication to him. If you want to say, Lord, there's this area I haven't been putting you first in. Help me put you first. God's speaking to you. Just raise your hands this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for every person in this place, Lord. And Lord, we are humans and we get it wrong so so many times. But Lord, we know that you're a gracious God who pours out his blessing on us. You sent your son to die for us so that we would be saved, that we would have eternal life. We would go to heaven and have everlasting life through you. And I pray that each person here will receive the blessing of God, will get it right, whatever it takes. They'll get it right. What is, what is God's plan for me? What is God's plan for me? What is that next step? Is it just faith in Christ? 
Is it just putting God first here in another area? Father, I pray, Lord, each person here will just have a real touch from you this morning. They will sense your blessing and your peace. In Jesus' name.